Welcome to the Blooming League of Original Podcast. Hello, ready to tour around the world in 80 plays again? I'm Alfie. And I am Lizzie. And we're joined as always by our leading lady, co-host, travel buddy and fur baby, Dolly the Dog. And for this week's episode, we're in Hull for the next five days on the second stop of the Sister Act UK tour. In this series, we're going to be exploring UK and Northern Ireland's wonderful arts history and culture as we make our way from city to city with Sister Act. So, we have been staying at the Little House in Hull, which is a B&B as well but we're staying in an annex in the garden and it's all vegan it's very nice and actually the little house in hull is pretty much like a miniature farm outside in the garden we have the guinea pigs king gary and his four wives we have chickens we have a rooster we have cats that run along our roof and we can see them through the window there's romanian dogs outside it's very, very nice. And Dolly is absolutely loving her life. Yeah, we're basically in heaven. And Hull, I would say, was one of the places we really struggled to find somewhere to stay that was dog friendly. And we've got this recommended to us through our lovely friend, Nikki Evans, who we worked with on Kinky Boots, who always tours with her dogs, booked it on Airbnb. And it's probably one of the nicest places I've ever stayed. I 100% agree. It's lovely and it's not too far from work. After the show, jump on the bus and it takes around nine minutes to get to the next bus stop. So that's very nice. And I know it's very important to talk about travel and the public transport. Hull is pretty good. It's been good this week. Has been really good. I think Hull sometimes gets a bit of a bad rep, but actually we are in a really nice area, a really nice Airbnb. The theatre here is lovely. We'll talk about it a bit more later. Obviously, we've, you know, travelled the length of the country to get here from South End. We were in the South. We are now very much in the North. So a bit of a change of scenery, but it's lovely. Yeah, and actually, the travel from South End to Hull, we got the train down to London, tube across, and then back out from London. It took, what, about five hours? Mm-hmm. Which is actually pretty good. There are some other stops on this tour that we'll get into later on, episode to episode, that are going to be much longer than that, I'm sure. Once we start going from islands and, you know... Flying. Flying around, uh, that's when it will get a little bit more uh, tiring. But five hours on the train with Dolly, which, if you don't know, Dolly the dog, our Romanian rescue pup, loves a train. That was something that Lizzie was very conscious of when she was training at first. Uh, Training, Training, get it? Ah, Training the dog. (laughs) We had to make sure that... She was very resilient and, you know, took everything in her stride and the train she actually adores. Whenever we're at the station, whenever she sees a train, it is a bit noisy. We do say it's a bit noisy loud for the dog, but she's always trying to get on the first door she sees. She absolutely loves it. Probably because it's full of crumbs and biscuits. Yeah, and people. Yeah. Uh, Flashback for you. One memory of Dolly and the train. We were on the train. Exactly what you're going to (laughs) say. We'd first rescued her. We'd probably, it was one of our first five train trips, I'd say. I think we were taking her to see my parents. I think so. Because it's quite a nice short train journey. So it was like a good length. Yeah, that that train journey is meant to be stress free and about 20 minutes. And um, the first thing Dolly did was put a whole chocolate bourbon in her mouth and refused to let go of it to the point where I had to proper wedge my hand right in her mouth. (laughs) Nice. 
So what has the audience reception been like in Hull, Alfie? It's been great. Hull's been a really, really good venue. The audience love it. We've had three groups of nuns come and watch it. Actual uh, nuns. Not actual oh. nuns. My favourite group of nuns that I saw from the stage and at stage door, a group of ladies and men dressed as nuns, but they were all pink. So pink habits, very fashionable. Uh, the audience has been great. The theatre is very nice, as we mentioned before. It's all underground. So as soon as you go in, you go down the stairs and the signal is non-existent. So, But they did tell us that in advance. They were very organised, weren't they, with telling us about getting like Wi-Fi access and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. And basically, as you go from the stage, it's just one flight of stairs from our dressing room to the stage. And I'd say about 40% of the cast is sat in the stairwell on their phone because <laughs> the Wi-Fi goes down. So you have to kind of barge your way past all the cast. But yeah, it's very nice. Lovely signing in and out system, all, all on the computer, which is very high yeah, tech. Yeah, very high tech. Very high tech. It's Not- a lovely theatre. This is my third time touring to Hull, and I would say it's one of the nicest theatres in the country. Yeah, yeah. Very modern, but in terms of a theatre being done up, I think it's absolutely lovely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's nice on stage. It's a massive stage compared to South End last week. That you know, if you want or more information on South End, tune into episode one. But the stage is much bigger than South End, uh, and there's loads of room in the wing, which is nice as an actor because you have much more space to play with. And you kind of have to adjust your performance, I suppose, to how big the stage is. Just a couple of things that I kind of wanted to add from last week that got pointed out to us, which is really funny, is that when we were talking about South End, we kept saying, oh, it was really nice because we were by the sea. And our lovely producer, who is Australian, said, oh, it's funny because in Australia, we would say, well, we're by the beach. But no one in the UK is going to say that because the beaches here are normally horrible, <laughs> for want of a better word. So in Brighton, for example, it is like pure pebbles. And in South End, it was lovely and it was beautiful, like when that tide was out and all the boats were there. And it was really, really lovely, but not really going to go to the beach. People were, weren't they? They were swimming in the sea and stuff while yeah. we were there. But I don't think you would say, I'm down by the beach. The beaches aren't really anything to show off about. I think the difference is, and I might be wrong, I've never been to Australia, but... I'll... I have, haha. <laughs> yeah, don't show off. I've been to Germany, yeah. <laughs> I didn't go to the beach because I don't think it exists. It's is very different because the weather really does influence kind of if you're going to go or not. So yes, it's pebbly, but because the last week or so we've had such lovely weather here in the UK, I don't think it mattered kind of how the beach looked. People were out, you know, they had their suns out, guns out vibes and their tops off. Especially you. Oh, absolutely. The guns Uh, were out. guns were out. Sorry, watch out, Southend and Hull. There I was. Kapow! I'm so embarrassed. So yeah, it's kind of like that thing of like, we would say it's a seaside town, not a beachside town. It's kind of that very British thing of like, by the seaside, not by the beach. And it's interesting, isn't it? That like, that's just our vernacular here. Do you know what that word means? I don't. Like, that's in our language. That's how we would say it. And that word is? Vernacular. Vernacular. Every day's a school day, isn't it, Al? Blimey. Something we didn't touch uh, on. A colloquialism. There we go. It's another word, which I I think I did know, but I'm never going to use it. It's not in my uh, vocab. Something that you may have picked up on is that Lizzie, I would say, is the brains of the operation. I am here to follow. No, (laughs) I don't want it to sound like that for everyone. No, 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 absolutely not. 
yeah, Lizzie, if you don't know, has a degree in um, Egyptology, which she didn't she didn't mention before. It's actually ancient history. Oh, sorry, and Egyptology. So. Lizzie's an absolute brain box. I was, I used to be. I feel like working in theatre makes my brain cells die by the second. I think it's because you spend too much time with me. Yeah, but we keep each other grounded, don't we, Alf? Yeah, we play Scrabble as well sometimes. And you're actually, you normally beat me. Yeah, it's true, but then I, you know, I am really intelligent and cleverer than you. Cleverer? Yeah. Right, okay, let's move on. So the only other thing I wanted to kind of add to this section, just a little cute story for everyone. Obviously, when we're kind of like moving around the country, there has normally been a show in before us who will have moved out on the Sunday morning and then we move in on the Sunday night or Monday morning. And then the same thing will happen that when we go, another show will go into the space. I turned up at Whole New Theatre on Monday and there was a card with my name on it at stage door. And I thought, what on earth is this? And my lovely friend, Chris Howell, who is in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory UK tour, had left me a little card because he'd been there a couple of days before us. It really made me smile. I just thought it was so thoughtful and just kind of reminds you that other people are in the same boat. They're away. They're moving around. You know, it's just kind of like this circle of life on tours of shows. Yeah, that's cute. And that's something that actually you don't really think about because you kind of get stuck in your show bubble. You forget that, yes, we're going to leave Hull on Saturday evening, but a whole new show is going to be put in on Monday. Yeah. It's it's that quick of a turnaround, you know? Like, we leave Saturday, Monday they've got a brand new show, we're going to be somewhere else on Monday. Stoke. Stoke. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, we're going to be in Stoke on Monday, and it moves that quickly. Mm-hmm. I think that's something as well that people don't think about. They don't just have touring shows, they have, like, their local shows, so their mm-hmm. panto will start there soon. It's like the world of theatre in the UK for such a small country is incredible. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of these theatres do one night gigs where you know artists will use the space to do a concert there for one or two nights and then straight afterwards, you know, as soon as that show comes down they've got to get it all out, they've got to put it all in the trucks. It's quite an operation. Unsung heroes, I would say, really. Absolutely. And something that Alfie and I and our lovely producers discussed was that throughout this series we can talk a bit more about some of the departments in theatre who people might not know a huge amount about and kind of talk to them and let them shine as well because, you know, we turn up on a Monday, put costume on and sing and dance in front of people and there's kind of been... 48 hours of work at each venue before that even happens. Mm, Fun fact for you, our stage manager, Sky, when they did the get-out, so the get-out is where basically they remove everything Sistrat from the theatre. So in Southend, they took the whole show out after the show on Saturday night and put it back in the trucks. I believe they were there till half past seven in the morning. It's a long, long time. And we we go to work maybe five hours a day. I know we look after ourselves outside, but that's a long, long day. A very long day. So the only other thing really to talk about in this section is um, Dolly, the most important person. Not your what did Dolly do segment yet. I was going to say. the best bit till later. Absolutely. Just in terms of what her life's been like this week. Yeah, Dolly's... She's actually just marched into the room, so I think she knows we're talking about her. If ever we're recording, and this this will vary venue to venue and where we are, you might hear pitter-patter on the floor. That'll be Dolly running around, probably throwing a toy about or chewing something or just up to general mischief. Yes, so this week, Dolly has been at Bransburton, Cattery and Kennels in Hull. The theatre is not dog-friendly in Hull, which is a shame. 
but Dolly's been booked in at the Catherine Kennels and has genuinely loved it. Uh, I picked her up today from there and she ran past me to say goodbye to all of the staff. And I'm not even joking. She kind of ignored me and blanked me to say goodbye to everyone. So she's made lots of friends and that's the humans. Basically, this place is like luxury for dogs and cats. It's on 10 acres of land. They all have their own paddling pools. They all just have a great old knees up. And the staff seemed incredibly lovely and have been very good and accommodating with our needs here, being on tour with some of the collections and drop-offs. So for any people that are thinking about coming to Hull but might need a cattery or kennel, I would highly recommend Brands Burton because they have only been excellent. Yeah, when we can't have Dolly at the theatre, it does make our lives more difficult because we basically have to find local dog care in each place. Only for the matinee days. If we have one show, she can absolutely last without us there. But for the long matinee days, we just can't leave her for that long. So we find local dog care. And it's difficult because, quite rightly, a lot of these places don't want to take on dogs that they don't know and all of that stuff. But Brands Burton came highly recommended through a lot of places that I spoke to and they've been excellent. Dolly's had a really good time and we always just think that actually for her, it's probably enriched her life being in a new place, being around other dogs having a bit of quality time where she is the absolute focus of people's attention and she's been given the best possible care it's good for her absolutely and it's a treat and she deserves it because being on tour is tiring for us let alone being a dog you know she doesn't really know where she's going or what what, what she's doing she still knows she's safe because she's with us of course and our cast and company here at Sistrax adore her. So it's nice for, you know, to not be locked in the dressing room. And sometimes it's nice to just go on a little adventure. And- yeah, you know, quite a lot of the time, it feels like having a dog in our industry, they have to fit into our life. And we are always very aware that actually sometimes we have to make sure that her life is enriched and she has lovely experiences. And actually, you just reminded me when you were saying that people at work adore her, funny story from last week in South End. We were on dinner break and I just got this text from our company manager saying sausage from the chip shop for Dolly at stage door. And he'd gone down the road to the chip shop and bought her a whole sausage to have. Uh, yes, and ate it in one sitting. She did, not the company not manager. Not the company manager, the dog. No, Tom did not do that. So that just shows you how lucky we are that our colleagues genuinely are just as obsessed with her as we are. Yeah, Dolly is part of the company, really, and is sometimes used as like a, an emotional support dog. <laughs> You'll find sometimes a lot of people will be cuddling Dolly uh, if they need, you know, a five minutes bit of animal therapy. Every workplace should have a dog. Yeah, honestly, the temptation to like actually have her in the show has been a lot, but there's absolutely no way we could trust her to do that. She is a menace to society. Oh, she'd be awful. She'd be whizzing around all over the shop. It wouldn't be good in the convent. Absolutely not. <laughs> she should be in the programme, though. That I will say. Absolutely. Yeah. Emotional support dog, Sister Act UK tour. Every, every business company needs one. But before we crack on, it's time to go to a little ad break. Howdy and welcome to an extra fantastic edition of Thrash and Treasure, the torture chamber musical comedy podcast where every gothic vampire rises out of their coffin to listen to aspects of love and the rink. And speaking of coffin, I'm Spencer, and if I sound a little funny, this past week I've been COVID sick, and I'm joined as usual by the man who's overtly sickening from afar, 
But don't stand too close or you'll lose IQ points. Aww. It's Aaron, the village idiot. Oh, that's not nice. If a clown in a sewer ever offers you a red balloon, take it. Christ, insult me first thing. And we're joined by Dracula's latest meal, Andrew Keenan Boulder. Andrew, were you able to take a listen to the album at all? I was, yeah. I, I had a similar take to you. Not knowing a lot of metal, this, it felt so much more melodic and like harmonic and, and truly pop at some moments, especially towards the end of the album. I had thought that my Spotify had shifted to a totally different album there's like a a cover of uh like the midnight cowboy theme and then uh, a lionel richie cover at the end that like sounded it was almost like living in the elton john world where uh it's definitely way more in my kind of wheelhouse of the music i listen to the more like singer songwriter stuff um but yeah i was really impressed with it it was it was super punk and super noisy at some moments, um, but I, I think the the singer Mike Patton, uh, especially in the later tracks, like you hear that he has uh, a really impressive voice um, and a real musicality, um, which I think was yeah just a, a testament to him. I had never heard of this band, never heard of this album, but it definitely made me want to listen to uh, some more al- uh, some more metal albums. You would have heard Epic. Uh... I would to be honest, it, um, in the '90s, when when I think Faith No More is out, I was listening to musicals. So, I, even like very mainstream pop songs from the '90s, I have like no reference point for. I'm like, okay. if it's from Les Mis, I knew that. Yeah, oh goodness me! Oh, I'm glad you liked it. Um, well, I picked this because it. I saw the name Jizzlobber. And that sounded like a Dr. Seuss character. And that song itself was quite interesting because that spent six minutes hard as a rock before finishing to gloomy organ music, which is usually how it ends for me too. So... (laughs) Welcome back to Around the World, Nazi Plays. This is the podcast where we talk all about theatre and all things Dolly the Dog related. Lizzie and I are both on tour with Sister Act currently, and we're currently in Hull. Lizzie, do you want to tell us a bit about Hull, Hull's theatre? I would love to. Well, please. So this week we are at Hull New Theatre, in my opinion, one of the nicest theatres that you can tour to. And when we were researching what wouldn't have been called Hull New Theatre back in the day, but what is now Hull New Theatre has a really interesting history in terms of World War II. So I'd love to tell you a bit about that, Alfie. I love World War II. Little fun facts. I actually, I would say I'm a little bit obsessed with it. Probably the highlights of me going to high school was kind of something that really stuck out. So I'm genuinely intrigued because I know nothing. And that's funny because I think World War II is very interesting as well. But the reason I actually did my degree in ancient history and Egyptology is because I felt like by the time I got to A-levels, all I'd done was World War II. Like the UK has such an obsession with it, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's all you learn about is World War II and Winston Churchill. Do you want to learn a little bit more? Please. Here we go. So, Hull New Theatre, as it is now known, opened in 1939 with a production of Me and My Girl. Doesn't get more British than that, does it? Classic British musical. I actually saw it at Chichester a few years ago. My lovely friend Ryan Pigeon was on for the lead at a very last minute notice for the press night. And it was amazing, as I'm sure the 1939 production in Hull was. 
So performances at Harlem Youth Theatre continued throughout World War II. And this is really cool. West End Productions actually travelled to Hull to escape the bombings that were happening in London. That is, I actually didn't, I'm smiling if you can't tell. That's really cool. Yeah, I thought that was so cool. And I feel like it really ties in nicely to this whole thing about like being on tour there. And clearly it's a really important part of Hull's theatrical history. That, I'm, uh, without sounding like an absolute mess, it actually makes me slightly emotional because like y- you have to think, our country is getting bombed. Yeah. And they're going, we're, st- we're, we're still going to put a show on. But, we're but gonna... I feel like this discussion comes up all the time. It was like a massive thing through the, here comes the dreaded word, pandemic, of like theatre in the UK, it's just part of our like bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has survived so many things. Absolutely. And I just think that is like, what an amazing selling point for the Hull theatrical scene. Yeah, it's really cool. That it was like, come to Hull, it can be a safe place for you to still come and escape all of this stuff that's happening more cool facts the theatre bar was reinforced as a bomb shelter see (laughs) did you see this guy's smile right now and the building only received one direct hit it was in may 1941 and that hit destroyed the front row of the stalls and all of the costumes of the english national opera which was currently there but that was the only damage that was done quite impressive isn't it really because it's just costumes in the front row could have been a lot worse. I mean, you, that can that can take down the whole building, can't it? So it's pretty blooming cool. It's very cool. It just makes you love the theatre even more, really, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I love that. There you go. Well, thank you. How are you going to top that? Well, so yeah, it might be interesting to kind of think about why this kind of like new version of the theatre is all underground like is that all tied into this kind of history of it being bombed well I guess it would be because a lot of theatres you go to that have quite a large history a lot of modern theatres nowadays the dressing rooms are underground Mm -hmm. whereas older more traditional theatres you're going up and up and up 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 oh my god if you're in those like fourth floor dressing rooms you are going right up I way prefer these new theatres where all the dressing rooms are kind of like in a square, everyone's on the same floor. Because also, as a member of a company, it feels like that whole like hierarchy thing is gone as well. That the dressing rooms are equal, we all can get to the stage in the same way, no one's having to like do 10 flights of stairs. Yeah, yeah, that really has, in a lot of theatres, disappeared, that whole, you're in dressing room one, by stage left door, and then, oh, you're in the ensemble, you're on floor eight, and up you go. (laughs) So that, yeah, that is kind of a, in in these newer buildings, that isn't a thing, and I do like that. Especially on tour, you become a family. 100%. And you see each other all the time, you have much more contact time with other people and other departments when you're in that little square community. Yeah, you know, in in the West End, which Alfie and I have been both been lucky enough to work in. I mean, you you've done a year's contract in the West End for. I've never had that. The longest I did was hairspray, and I think that was twenty weeks. But you can essentially set up a little home for yourself in your dressing room because it is permanently yours. Whereas when you're on tour, you are there for six days of your life. I don't think you need this whole thing of like, I need to be in this dressing room. I need to be in that dressing room. You just sort of like get on with it and it becomes slightly irrelevant. 
yeah, I think. I need to be in a room. And then by the time you unload all your stuff in there, it's time to pack it all up anyway. You know, absolutely people have certain things negotiated. So, you know, if you ever have people with a profile or like the person who's playing Dolores for us at the moment, absolutely they will have their own room and they will get the best dressing rooms because there are practical reasons for those. Landy, who plays Dolores, barely leaves the stage. So she's not going to climb to the fifth floor of the theatre in the interval, is she? Like, that is a practical reason. But I think the rest of it, just take it as it is. It's just a seat in the interval, isn't it? Yeah, basically. So you will be able to see photos from a lot of these theatres on our socials, courtesy of Rocky Horror star Christian Lavacombe, who's been touring the UK and the world in Rocky Horror. Yeah, he's been there forever. Basically, because he's been to all the theatres ever, he's got gorgeous photos of all of them and he's letting us use them um, on our socials. Yeah, right. Yeah, there we go. He's appeared just at the right time. Lovely. It's time for Dolly's section. What did Dolly do? Good timing, actually, because she's right next to me and we're both stroking her. (laughs) Um, So this week, Dolly and I and Callum Martin, who plays Joey in our sister act tour. Uh, He's very lovely, very nice. He drove us uh, and came along, of course, to the Humber Street Gallery, uh, which is near the harbour of Hull, but pretty much in the centre. I will just interrupt for one second to say that I feel like the harbour slash marina in Hull is so beautiful. Like, I don't think people realise that it has that amazing marina area. And I think it's always a highlight of visiting Hull. It's like a beautiful area of Hull. Yeah, that, that marina is is really really lovely really good vintage shops it's got the deep aquarium which we could have done as our um kind of section for this week but we had both already been and dolly wasn't allowed there no and as you know it's all about dolly (laughs) so um so what did we do at humber street gallery well we had a look at some work by bruce asbestos uh we went to an art catfish name that's definitely not his real name we yeah went to an expo called Bootleg Shreg and Friends. What is Shreg and Friends? Well, let me quote Bruce himself. Bruce has taken inspiration from the German word Schrag. Is that the official pronunciation? No, I made that up. Shreg. Should we say it's Shreg? Yeah, we're just going to go with Shreg. Uh, it's it's A with an accent. I should have done my research, but I'm going to... I thought it'd be more, more fun if I... I mean, you lived there for six months, so... Yeah, Shrag. Okay. Uh, okay. Shrag. That's what my gut says. Meaning weird, fishy, or skewed. Uh, you mean skewed. What did I say? Skewed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, skewed. Skewed. Like a skewer, like a kebab. Oh, skewed. <laughs> the expo is a celebration of, of everyone who feels like an outsider. He also mentions that he has created a new character combining the best qualities from green cartoon characters. These include Shrek... Yoda, the Grinch, Yoshi, and Luigi. I feel like anyone who's listening who knows me and Alfie, we are literally obsessed <laughs> with Shrek. Like, yeah. obsessed. There is this running joke at the moment that our wedding is going to be Shrek themed, and our friends are taking it so seriously. Like, anytime there is like a Shrek wedding TikTok or something, we get sent it, and it's sort of stopped being a joke, and we are quite tempted. So what is so funny is that before Alfie went to this exhibition, it hadn't twigged with either of us that it was going to be Shrek themed. Yeah. So when I looked at it originally, 
I saw green inflatable things and they sell it as kind of like an, an interactive inflatable sculpture experience. That's all it really said at first glance. I Which I think is cool because, yeah. you know, from our perspective, it was like, it's a really nice arty thing for you to go and do with the dog. And there was like this air of mystery around yeah. it. So I think it, w- it was a conscious decision that I wouldn't look at it in too much depth because what's the point in reading about it before I go? I thought it was more, more important to just kind of experience it. So yes, I saw a lot of interactive inflatables, mixed media, sculptures and paintings. Dolly sniffed and checked out all of the artwork that were that was at her level. Wasn't too keen on the inflatables, to be honest. They were a little bit scary. And her favourite part of the whole expo was the stuffed toy of Shrek on the floor, which she definitely tried to pick up. Uh, I'm a bit gutted she didn't bring it home because... I, I did think about it. it. I d- honestly... Was there a gift shop? No, because... <sighs> I, I love a gift shop. That would have been an expensive trip if there was a gift shop. Because the last Shrek thing we bought... this is actually a great story so obviously we live in Brighton as you will have heard from this episode and the last episode and there's an area in Brighton called the lanes really famous part of Brighton loads of like vintage shops like knickknacks random stuff and we're walking past this shop which we always laugh about right because it's like a timber shop like it sells wood this is so random. It sells wood and then in the, in the windows, it basically has these like wooden figurines that the guy carves Yeah, himself. so he, he, he like makes these figurines out of wood and paints them to look like Homer Simpson. Yeah, so Simpsons is like another one of our absolute obsessions and there's this Homer Simpson one and I always joke with Alfie, like, please buy it for me. And the head <laughs> is literally like, oh, I don't want to like slag it off, but no. anyone who's been to Brighton, you will have seen it. It's like the longest Homer Simpson head you've ever seen in your life. So I always joke with Alfie that I want him to buy it for me. And the last time that we walked past it, I looked in the window and I did this double take because there was this massive Shrek figurine in the window. And I said, I was like, Alfie, I need you to go in and ask how much that is. And I'm thinking if this guy has like made it, he's going to be like, it's 200 quid. And as much as I love Shrek, I ain't spending 200 quid on it. So Alfie goes in and I'm waiting there with bated breath thinking, oh my God, how much is it going to be? Comes out and and apparently the guy had been like 20 quid. I have never walked into a shop so quick in my life. I literally walked in and I was like, here's my card, take my money, I need this Shrek thing. And it turns out it's a collector's item, Shrek 2, talking, moving figurine. I've never been happier. I should comment, when Lizzie said that she walked into the shop straight away, you know the the old acting drama phrase, walk with purpose? (laughs) Lizzie was marching into that shop. I've never seen her move so quick, actually. Rapid. So if there had been a gift shop at this exhibition, I think you would have been poor afterwards. Uh, Poorer, I believe, is the phrase. (laughs) Uh, Yes, absolutely. I would have been skint. So yeah, after having a look at all of the expos, I think my favourite was, and I'm going to say Shrek, not Shrek. This one looked a little bit like Shrek. I'd say more influenced by Shrek than than anyone else. Well, be careful with what we're saying because we don't want Bruce to get... I don't want Bruce to get upset. But it was basically a Shrek that he had clearly made and sculpted. It was epic. It was was very cool. That was my favourite. But let me talk about clay. I made my own Shrek 
out of clay. They had this little corner. It was like a workshop corner where they basically invite you to come and sit down. They put fresh clay out for you to make your own shregs and to pop them on display. So I made my own shreg, which... Yes, but Alfie, were you meant to put it on display? Right. So this is what I thought we were meant to do. Then I actually I read a piece of paper about the display and all of the shregs that were on display on this particular shelf were made by cool. primary school children. Now, I didn't know that at the time, to the point where I asked Callum to move some of them out of the way to put mine down. So my shreg is with other shregs that were Thinking made. Thinking that it's made by a very advanced primary school child. You say that, but my shreg was not the best. <laughs> there were better shregs on that shelf, which probably says more about me. Mine was better than Callum's. Mine was... Uh, art is subjective. Thank you very okay. much. Well, the way I take it is mine's loads better. Um, and mine is... Sorry, re- Callum, that you're getting <laughs> sass. Mine is relaxing by the water. His... Um, I believe I'm going to kind of paraphrase what he said about his shreg but he said that it was having a mental breakdown so it is quite harrowing we'll try and post a picture on the socials i i have pictures of both we will absolutely get them out so you can see our shregs i think you should rephrase that (laughs) because no i like it (laughs) we'll absolutely get them out so you can see our shreg come and come and have a look at our shreg. that's what we're going to be quoted that'll be like the tagline of this episode come and see we'll get them out and you can see our shregs (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it was actually really relaxing and really fun. I'm not very good. I'm not an arty person. You are because we work in the arts. It's just a different media, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's very it's very different. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. And actually, if the opportunity came around again, I'd be well up for making sculpting something out of clay. And I think Callum said the same thing, didn't yeah. he? That he like never would have gone to that and he absolutely loved it. Callum really enjoyed it as well. It was one of those things that because we had, we filled out a questionnaire afterwards and one of the questions was like, did Bruce Asbestos's expo fill your expectations? And I was like, it kind of exceeded them, but I didn't have any because I, I, I knew nothing. I really enjoyed it and it was free. I should point that out as well. Dog friendly. So while I was making a shreg, Dolly was sat next to me and she was having a sniff around, kind of having a look at all the drop bits of clay that I made sure she didn't eat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it was just a relaxing, fun and very different day. And they have lots of expos there. And this expo was on for months. months. Yeah. Um, And clearly the fact that like a whole primary school class of children has gone and felt really inspired by it. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, really, really good and free. And I think if we have more stuff like that that's free, more people will be inclined to go. Because if you said, oh, it costs £10, I actually probably would have been put off. But I would have paid £10 to go. It was really good and interesting. And it made, made me think. The thing that made me think the most was the multimedia. It was a video of someone wearing a Shreg mask dancing around the city of Hull. There was a clip of that somewhere, so I'll try and get that on the socials as well, because that feel like you missed an employment opportunity there oh and every time we were so when, when we were making our shregs out of clay they had this soundtrack on and i haven't told you this they had this, this somebody no, wants no, no, no. <laughs> copyright copyright uh they had so we we were making things out of clay and it would be like dance music behind you so you'd be going you'd be making it and it would be and then it would go I'm not even, yeah. So you were making things. And the first time I heard it, I, I was just making it. I was chatting to Callum, um, having quite a deep chat because, you know, you're lost in it and you're you're talking all things about your life. And then I just hear, <gasps> and I was like, what is that? And then I realised it was a soundtrack. 
Really, really cool. So it really was kind of multimedia in every sense. Yeah. Clearly that's part of it. All of the senses. All of the senses. Very um, sensory experience, which Alfie's a fan of. I love a sensory trip. <laughs> Um, so we finished the trip off uh, with a bowl of water downstairs and a sausage roll from Coopland's Bakery, uh, which wasn't too far. It was a little walk through Hull uh, to get there. So that's about it for this week's episode. We'll be back next week in drumroll. Very good. Stoke-on-Trent, where we'll be pottering around with some friends. So be sure to tune into that episode. And did you know that you can purchase our theme song, Blue Skies, by the Australian band Wolfen? Yep, you can help support our show and own the full track, all thanks to Drew and the boys of Wolfen. So thank you to them because we are truly grateful for the support. So if you go to www.thetonestontales.com forward slash bookstore, Right at the very top, you'll see our logo where you can buy your own MP3 of Blue Skies, which will help us fund this epic adventure across the UK and Ireland. Plus, we can buy dollies and treats along the way. You can find us on the social medias. We didn't list our own personal ones last week. We didn't, but I think people can find them. We're on all of the usuals. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. X. 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 Um, <laughs> with some sort of variation of around the world and 80 plays. But the most important thing is the email, isn't it, Alfie? Yes, the email, of course. Please send your questions in. Any questions at all, suggestions or comments. Even if you just want to, you know, talk about Shrek, please just please. email. That's the most important thing. <laughs> Any Shrek questions, sorry, Shrek questions. Please. Please, ask us about Shrek. We don't have the rights to Shrek. Uh, You can email us at 80playspodcast at gmail.com. So that's one word, 80playspodcast. It's the number 80. 80playspodcast at gmail.com. And in the words of Jack, I guess this is goodbye, old pal. You've been the perfect friend. (gasps) Is she there? Yeah! Where I was before. <laughs> oh, yeah.